Hello and welcome to episode 119, is it 18 or 19? 18. It's 118 <laughs> of the Paropod. Um, no, yeah, it's 118. <laughs> every, I know I, I did, the, the past few episodes, I just keep getting it wrong because I put it <laughs> wrong on the docket, but I know this is episode 118. This is episode 118 yes, <laughs> um, of the Paropod. You're here with your host, Mark and on. Yo. Yo, what's the crack? Uh, today we're going to be talking about our recommended film of the week, which is No Home Movie, a documentary by Chantal Ackerman. Acker- Ackerman? Ackerman, whatever. Ackerman, Belgian, French? A Belgian, a European uh, filmmaker who lives in European America. as you can get. She's some, yeah, somewhere from, in Europe somewhere. And uh, she's she's in America at the moment. She made a film. And it's, it's, uh, it's a documentary about humans and uh, change and stuff change, like that. Memories. We'll get into that later. Communication, history, whoa, cinema, and landscapes. And her mom, a lot of landscapes, <laughs> a lot of still images, and blowing wind and trees. What does it all mean? What does it? We'll get into. We will we'll, tell you what it means. We'll unravel the mysteries of this film. We'll unpack in about like an hour's time. Yes, in about an hour. Plants um, pay off. That's what this podcast is all about. It's about planting seeds, and then. Chilling out in their shade after the hour mark. Exactly. Sorry, my headphones are acting weird. All right, we have a few technical difficulties. Not hearing myself properly. Am I coming in true, all right? All I right. can hear you perfectly. Okay, can you? Okay. Your dulcet tones. <laughs> <laughs> my sultry voice. Your silky, silky voice. Silky, sultry tones coming through the electronic medium of the microphone. The microphone. Okay, there. Oh, yeah, my headphones just weren't. Wait, can up. you turn mine up as well? I can't hear myself loudly enough. Can't hear myself think. I need to hear myself talk. No more thoughts. <laughs> no more thoughts. Just steady stream of consciousness. <laughs> That's what this podcast is. That's all it is. There's no editing in this podcast except for when we do editing. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 naturalistic. Naturalistic. In spirit. In the spirit of things, you know. Yep. In the spirit of things, Mark. It's June. It is June. It's hot as fuck. It's 24 degrees today. It is. My ass is sticking to this chair. My yeah, back is sticking to this is. chair. That's how it is. Having an awful night's sleep. Yeah, I, I, I slept pretty well. Really? I slept pretty well. My, my room is like, it's kind of, it's a strange kind of like, it's like one of those isolation tanks. Because it's like, it's like uh, buried in like the middle of the gaff. Mm-hmm. So there's like, there's a... Shouldn't that be the hardest room then, no? No. Or the heat just can't get to it. Yeah, the heat apparently can't get <laughs> It's like, like I barely get any sun. Like I wake up... In the morning, like I can't tell what time it is most of the time because <laughs> there's no sun, there's no indication. I can know if it's daylight or nighttime, but like <laughs> I, it's it's very hard to tell what time of day it is or how late in the night it is. Like to, today, for example, I woke up and uh, I was like, "Oh, she's well rested and stuff." Got up, went to went to Jack's, came back, and uh, like it was it was basically daytime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, like I'll I'll get up, start my day, whatever." Um, which is rare on a day off that I get up early. Fair. You know, I could tell it was early. And I went back to bed. I was on my phone scrolling. I was like, hold on a second. It's half five in the morning. <laughs> I won't even sleep for three hours. <laughs> it's like, it's just the way, way the, the, because like, I blackout blinds. Jeez, like, man, fair play to you. You're really getting up early. <laughs> 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 I said so three hours got up. Um, but even when you take the blinds up, it's like, it's hard to tell what time of day it is. Mm. Um, but like, so there's, it's in the middle of the gas. So there's structure on like, in, in front of it and behind it. 
It's all like really heavy, like old Victor- classic Dublin <laughs> Victorian brick. Uh, I have a, a window, but just like kind of it, it leads out onto like a, like an alleyway, mm. um, and there's like trees blocking stuff and whatever. Uh, but during the winter, for example, it was the co- it was it was the warmest room in the gaff mm-hmm. because it was, it was, it was the heat wouldn't it would get in, but then it, it would it wouldn't it, get out. There'd be no way out. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be stuck in there. But it's kind of I think it's the same with the cold. That makes no sense. Um, where it's like it's like hard for the heat to kind of get in. like like it's generally the same temperature all year round, which is quite tepid room. Yeah, like fairly fairly warm, quite lukewarm. Um, but yeah, I leave I leave the window open sometimes when it gets really hot. Fair. But yeah, twenty four degrees. What the fuck? Sweating balls. Yeah, Sweating man. balls. I wish I wore shorts. <sighs> I'm here here in fucking cargo pants. Like I'm here, my my balls hanging out in these shorts. Airing <laughs> 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 out. Airing it out. I um, I've started listening. Oh no. At this stage, I finished this. Um, I was listening to an audiobook about breathing. Breathing. The what? importance of breath. How mm. to, you know, properly, like, nose breathe. Because how ma- to properly nose breathe. Like, I'm 60% sure that for quite a while, I may have been mouth breathing a lot. I don't know. Waking mouth breathing. Like, waking mouth breathing. Okay. Nighttime. Full on mouth breather. Yeah, I I am a mouth breather. Now. How, like Melissa says, I haw on her face. That's how bad it is. And um, just <sighs> constantly. Yeah, yeah. Um. So to combat this, mm-hmm. I have got myself a like strap thing that I put around my head to keep my mouth shut at night. Can we see this contraption? You, you can see. This is going to be bad for the podcast, but I will pull it out, <laughs> Mark. Like To put this into into perspective, when I showed my mom what I got, she looked at it and said, are you sure that's something you need to be showing your mom? <laughs> <laughs> like, it does not look like it's for... It's for a different type of sleeping. Uh, okay. Let's have a look at this. Oh, okay. Okay. It does look... <laughs> Look a bit suspect. It is a bit suspect. Um, hold on. I'm going to try and put it on. Or it's like a, a mask for like a giant Lone Ranger. Okay. You put a strap on here and you strap it on at the back. A lot of strapping on. And then it's just like, yeah. That's why you sort of hold your jaw. It holds my mouth shut. Like even now, like I like, was talking, I can't really open my mouth that well. You strap it on like this and then... So for for the, the listener's sake, it looks like when... Like, you know those old-timey bandages that they put around your head if, you, like, <laughs> like, if they took your tooth <laughs> the out? Toothache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks like one of them. I look like a cartoon character. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, it works. It works. It works surprisingly well. Except for when um, sometimes I wake it up... It does look dodgy. It does look a bit dodgy. It's also a bit wrecked because I've been using quite a bit. But um, <laughs> What is the use involved? I think you it's start just... Trashing around it's like sleep. real bad material like it's ripping a little bit i might have to upgrade this was 150 so i think we might have to upgrade where'd you get it uh, i got a sheen order so oh okay yeah, yeah um yeah man we're we're saving money now fuck this bullshit of like trying to yeah. trying to be environmentally friendly i need i need to save some money i'm making sheen, sheen orders i'm pro sheen i'm pro sheen i'm pro and anti-sheen because i was anti-sheen for quite a while because i made an order like during lockdown when everyone's doing it mm. i got the order nothing fitted and i was like this is all bollocks this is mm. a scam my last order, I ordered everything in extra large. 
fits like a glove. <laughs> extra large. Extra large. Like this this what, what t-shirt I'm wearing now is extra large. It's very nice. It's not like it's not huge though. <laughs> extra large. So what do you, what are you like in Ireland? Um, medium and some things large and most. Okay, so you got one for extra large. I went a size up on everything okay. and everything fits then. Because it's like China or whatever. Yeah, I assume uh, so. But um, I, I also think that they might have just changed their sizing because. Ireland opened up the um, the pop up, yeah. uh, Sheen pop up or something like that. So mm. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Sheen or Ireland is one of Sheen's best customers. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that. I don't know if that's true or not. Say it's it like is. The, is it the same thing where you found out that Revol- like Ireland is Revolut's like best customer, which like that makes no sense. But is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty weird. Well, at least at one stage we were. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. We used Revolut the most out of anyone in the world. It is very popular here. Yeah. Yeah. So. <coughs> I've been using this, and um, it works great, except for when my nose gets a little bit blocked at night. Yeah, what do you do then? Uh, you wake up suffocating, and you take the thing off, um, and then you <laughs> mouth breathe for the rest of the night. <laughs> that doesn't happen every night, but it happens some nights. I think that, like, my... Because the book was talking about, like, how if you don't nose breathe, like, all the time, it, your nose will stop working as well for that. I also mm. think that I suffer from a deviated septum. Yeah, I have that as well. Um, so when I'm lying on one side, my sinuses is going to clog up that side, and then it's just that i got no breathing sides. Have you broken your nose before? I have, yes. It's very, very likely then, yeah. Yeah. I can um, see my deviated septum. But yeah. I, but, like, you know the way your nose, where your nose breathing, it only breathes through one nostril at a time. Yeah. At all, like, regardless. Regardless. Even I've, if you have a Your nose goes nose. through cycles. And yeah. apparently, like, one side opens up like a flower. Like as, a flower. As it was described in the book. Yeah. And then the other side will close and open up. But, like, it depends on the time of the day. Mm. Um, and sometimes I'll have, like, both, no- both nostrils working at the same time. Oh, okay. Um, sometimes it'll be one, sometimes it'll be other. So it just kind of, your nose works in cycles. Mysterious ways. Yeah. W- like, all the stuff that was going through the book was fucking mad. Like, mm. just mad shit. Um, talking about how, like, um, when we started to farm and stuff like that, um, our jaws changed shape because when we were like hunter gatherers and stuff like that, you were cooking food, but like it wasn't, you know, the softest food. Like you, yeah, and you'd be tough. It yeah, needed you, you'd be tough. a tough jaw to break down. So you'd food, be yeah. chewing down, and your our jaws have slowly gotten smaller and smaller, mm. which is affecting our breathing even further. Okay. Yeah. That's that's, that's interesting. Yeah, there's loads of interesting stuff in the book. Mm. Have you ever heard about the woman? Um. Patient DM CM, I think it was DM. It's this woman that developed some some sort of like disease, or whatever, when she was a child, and whatever the disease was, it's like a kind of deterioration disease, sort of like not like a super dangerous one, but like basically what it did was it um, consumed her or like it, her brain. Something happened with the glands in her brain that produce fear. Yeah. So she had no sense of fear. She had no fear at all. No, like literally no fear whatsoever. Like they, there's like mad stories about her like um, walking down the road and a man pulling up in in a van beside her and being like, come on, hop in, I'll I'll bring you on a date. And she just got into the van. (laughs) And then uh, he like, you know, ripped off her clothes and they got to some barn house and like tried to have sex with her. And, uh, a dog came in and he fucking legged it because he was like afraid that people were con- gonna yeah. come and she just got up walked over to the van and like bring me home <laughs> so like 
no fear. Like yeah, no yeah. no fear whatsoever. They ran all these tests on her to try and like get a response out of her, like uh putting snakes on her, like getting her up really high into the air, stuff like that. Yeah. None of it worked. None of it worked. But then they were like, Okay, right, we're gonna try this one last thing with you. We're gonna get you to take one um breath of pure carbon dioxide mm. because um everyone has the fear of not breathing yeah, like that's yeah. just like an, an innate thing so you so th- like this woman had no fear but like this might cause something mm. and she sat in the chair all mad bored or whatever and they're like okay right press the button whenever you're ready and they'll blast oxygen into, or blast carbon dioxide into the mask she presses the button inhales immediate panic attack mm. freaking out shaking terrified like begs for them to take the thing off they take it off straight away she's like I'm never doing that again yeah, yeah and yeah. from that they realized that there's something else in the body that produces fear like the gland in your brain isn't the only thing that produces fear mm. there is something else that pr- that can produce fear otherwise yeah what is it it's they think there's stuff in your lungs so like you know the way when you like take it like hold your breath mm. you like after a while like you can only focus on that yeah, and you start yeah. to panic that's something in your lungs. I can't remember the name, like phasmo cells or phasma, chemo, phasmo, whatever the fucking cells are called. Yeah. They can communicate straight to the brain being like, you need oxygen. Yeah. And that's like just a straight line to the brain. Um, and that's why some people can hold their breath for ages because they've just trained their body and those cells to not panic. Because you can actually go by with like no oxygen for ages. It's actually the panic and the heart raising heart rate really? that uses up the oxygen. What? Yeah. Really? You know that because like, you know there's some people that can just like hold their breath for like, you know, ten minutes and stuff like that. Like those deep yeah, divers. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's just from training their body not to panic. Mm. And how to like properly conserve and use the oxygen in, in their body. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes some sense. That's weird, though. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? That's so sad. Because you think that, like, you know, um, you've always said, like, oh, humans can only last, like, three minutes without oxygen. That's not true, because... You can last ages, yeah. People can last ages without oxygen, so yeah, clearly yeah. that's not true. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like 10 minutes. Is it 10 minutes? It's sure not 10 minutes, but, like... The world record. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, without oxygen, like, if you're... If you're not breeding... Um, like you're, if someone's administering CPR to someone who's like unconscious or whatever, and they're not breathing at all, it's not a professional. Twenty-four minutes. Twenty-four minutes holding his breath underwater during a breath hold. The level of blood CO two rises, and well, obviously, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously, I don't know why the fuck that's there. <laughs> this guy found a weird way yeah, to make his O two rise. Tom Cruise held his breath for six minutes. Six. I could do that. Do it right now. The live on air. Let's do it live <laughs> on the PowerPod. <laughs> Twenty-four. We're about to break the world record for breath holding. You know, what I'll, do? I'll just, I'll just like you know, we'll just have silence here, and I'll just generate like twenty minutes of silence. We're like, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. did it. <laughs> we did it. Well done. Well done. Very cool. Um, yeah. So like, it is just a way that you can train your body to just mm, not not panic. I think not it, react. Like from what from what I was understanding from the book, it's got to do with like panic and your heart rate rising and that using up oxygen in your blood. Mm. Um, but yeah, mad stuff. 
breathing. That is crazy. The Lost Arts. That was the book or something. I can't remember. The, the Lost this, Arts. What the fuck is this? <laughs> what was the book? Oh, I'm going to pull out the That's good. The That's good, though. I think it was something like The Lost... It's funny. The science behind The Lost Arts, man. Oh, I'm uh, going to pull up the actual name of it. Breathing. Um, but it was good. It mm. was... Uh, int- Brett. The new science of a lost art. The like, new science of a lost art. Okay. I recommend. It's very strange. Breathing. Breathe, you know. Breathe. Mm. What the fuck? Everyone just take a deep breath. Mm. It's great. Let's relax. Let's get chilled. As we roll into our fourth installment of the Rocky franchise. <laughs> <laughs> it's zero to 60. Rocky four. This time, we're taking on Moscow. <laughs> we're taking on communism. We're taking on the lads. Adrian, I'm going to do it. I'm going to Yo, Adrian. Communism. Yo, Adrian, I tore down the, the Iron Curtain. Yo, Adrian, I beat <laughs> off. I tore down the Iron Curtain. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. I ripped it up. Ripped it from Adrian. the handles. Fucking Vladimir Lenin's rolling his grave. <laughs> <laughs> so this film is 1984? Do I have that right? 80, it's 85. 85? 85. 85. This is like fucking, you know. It's in the height. <laughs> it's in the middle of Star Wars. Yeah, this is peak. Yeah. Like, you know, um, Cold War. I couldn't think of that for a second. Um, you know, it's, and like, it, it, it shows. <laughs> it starts so weirdly. Yeah, it's, it's very, Doesn't it? it's a very weird film. It's, there's, <laughs> So much reuse in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in a way that I love. Yeah, like the, a lot of this film is just. I did. I don't. Know, I'll just go. So I looked it up. Like the most noticeable thing about the film when you watch it, aside from how like bombastic and kind of uh, off the wall it is, is how many mont like mont like Rocky's famous <laughs> for montages. And this film, this third, I looked it up. As I was watching the film, because I was like, "This is ridiculous." <laughs> no, yeah. I, think, I think when the second one happened, I was like, "I hear, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> come yeah. on." And here we are, at Rocky Four. Thirty-two or thirty-three percent of this film is montage. Yeah, you know, statistically, statistically, thirty-two percent of the frames of the film are just montages with like music, like, uh, "Eye of the Tiger." Or living in America, or fucking whatever, or like that's not a montage. Though. That's, uh, that's a separate. That's, 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 that's separate to it. There's yeah, a yeah. full like three four minute performance of living in America. Yeah, yeah. on top of the thirty three and a half minutes of montages. Yeah, yeah. they're so long. It's ridiculous because it, it contrasts so weirdly. Because today montages are very short. Mm. You know, they're very very like if you watch like The Simpsons is one that it's kind of like it's easy to reference because if you go if you watch a, like Simpsons montages used to be kind of like thirty seconds. Nowadays, you, you watch an episode, a new episode of The Simpsons, it might last, you'll have a montage, it might last four or five seconds. Yeah. That's their montage. That's the modern montage. And Rocky, you have montages that go on for 10 minutes. Yep. Like, for, like, like actually go on for like nearly 10 minutes. I think It's insane. I think it's the, so funny. The, I think the second or third one has, um, is like a montage of stuff you've seen within this film. And that's yeah. separate to the montage of Rocky driving. And that's reuse from the first three films. <laughs> yeah, there's like a recap in the middle of the film uh, done in montage form. It's ridiculous. So <laughs> like, what is this? But it kind of, it adds to the the kind of mania that this film is. Yeah, no, I, I think the, I think this, I think the film is good. Same. I think this film is good. I, I really, I really like the film. I think I prefer this to Rocky 2 and 3. Rocky 2 and 3. I think so. I wouldn't I say mean, two. I'd say three. Yes. I think, oh man, there is like, there is like, I am 
amazed at the consistency of this franchise so far. Like, like we've already talked about, like one and two are very, you know, social drama, mm, realistic, realistic. You know, well, Cody Smith's realistic, um, and then Rocky Three becomes a lot. I, I Rocky think, Three is out. Mick dies. I know. But Apollo dies in this one. Yeah, exactly. I know, yeah. <laughs> in the ring. They're the same. And Rocky holds him like Jesus, <laughs> like Mary holding Jesus. Yeah, like the Madonna. Um, Which do you think is more cheesy, three or four? Because I think dialogue-wise, three is more cheesy because it's more like one-liners and stuff like that that are funny. But I think like there's a robot in this one. There's a robot. That's what I was... <laughs> this one opens and Rocky is a robot. Like made in his house. And Paul's like, trying to fuck it. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck happened between three and four? <laughs> he got like, so rich. He got like Rocky is like he like he's a billionaire or something like that. He has a ro. It's in it's in the middle of the nineteen eighties and he has a robot running around doing doing his errands, <laughs> and he's just like, um, and Paul he's there just like like chilling. Just he's still there chilling. He's just even though like I've never seen he's, he's, a side character contribute so little to the main yeah, character. Yeah, I, I love the I love the part at the end when Rocky's going in for the big last fight and he's getting uh, riled up by uh, by whoever by the crowd no, by no. the crowd. And Paul just goes, "Hey, knock him out, Rocky." <laughs> it's a great great advice. It's, a, it's his first contribution since like the start of the film. <laughs> I, think, I think before that though, he just he says, "Um, you remember earlier I said I wish I was you." Well, I'm glad I'm not you now. He's like, thanks, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> Sound. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that, Polly. Oh, oh God. Oh, no, yeah. Polly's just there chilling constantly. Even though he, he is definitely the person, in terms of automation, he's the he's the character that could be automated the easiest. <laughs> <laughs> he is a robot. <laughs> he Dude, doesn't do anything. To be fair, in the first one, he did let Rocky box the, the hanging In the meets. first one, he has a role. Yeah. He has a role. Two, three, four, pfft. He's just hanging He's out. He's just hanging out. <laughs> He's just a mooch. He's just hanging around, yeah. Um, I, lo- I love Polly, though. I think he's... Like, when he gets to Russia, and he's just like, this is fucking freezing. I regret coming here. Yeah, he, he hates like, it. He doesn't have whatsoever. He's just shy, yeah. He doesn't, yeah. He doesn't offer anything. He doesn't put anything forward. No. It's all Rocky. Rocky's just doing his bits. Rocky and the... I don't know the, the name of the trainer. Yeah, I don't know when he came into it. I think he's he's, he's Apollo's, Apollo's trainer, trainer yeah, but I no, I don't I don't know what his name is. Yeah, he's he's a good trainer though. Uh, the he's bit a good trainer. the bit at the end where like he leans up to Rocky and he's like, "No pain, no pain," and Rocky's like, "No pain." He's like, "We got this." It's like, "Go on, Rocky." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that is the thing with these films is that no matter who Rocky's up against, you're like, "Let's fucking go, Rocky." Even in this film, where it's kind of like. I there was a moment in this film, and I think it was it was it was during like the build up to the final fight where like Rocky's walking through the Moscow crowd and they're chanting like um, what the fuck is his name? Uh, Ivan Drago. Drago, Drago, and I was just and like they they unveiled the the flag and it's got Drago on it, uh. and I just sat there and was like, man, if Drago loses this fight, he's getting killed by the KGB one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I was just like. Oh poor Drago! <laughs> <laughs> and I was and then that made me wonder because Creed, uh, in the second Creed film, um, whatever his name is, he fights Drago's son. Okay. Because Drago killed his dad, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm wondering. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. I I am slightly curious as to if 
I wonder if in because in because obviously this one was 1985. They didn't really know what was going on in the USSR and in terms of you know KGB, you know killing people. I wonder if in, in Creed two, is it mentioned that Drago was killed because he didn't beat Rocky? Yeah, where is he in Creed two? Where is he? Yeah, he probably. I'd say yeah. That might. That seems like an obvious storyline. Yeah, but also like. A bit of a weird one. That makes it. That makes it. That makes Rocky Four a lot more sad. Because <laughs> Drago is just picked. He has no choice. <laughs> nah, Drago's evil. He's clearly evil. He gains respect for Rocky at the end. He though. killed Apollo in an exhibition match, <laughs> <laughs> and then he knew he was dying. If he dies, he dies. He dies. He dies. I will break you. Yes, yeah, so what? It's it's a, it's a friendly match. Chill <laughs> <Yeah, I know. laughs> <laughs> out. What the hell is wrong Apo- with you? Apollo has been a bit of a dick. To be fair. Apollo. Apollo has been a bit of he a. He didn't thing. do anything, man. He was there chatting shit. Chat shit, you banged. <laughs> you got killed. Chat shit, you banged. The man died. He Drago, lost, Drago's. He lost his life in the ring. Drago's. He could have thrown in the towel. He, he refused. Yeah, to yeah, was, he, yeah, yeah. What is it? Yeah, pr- yeah. Pride. Yeah. Pride. Pride killed. <laughs> Not Drago. Drago's just boxing. Yeah. <laughs> really, really. Drago hard. did nothing wrong. Drago's actually the hero in this film. Yeah, really? <laughs> like, if Drago won, the USSR wouldn't have fallen. Yeah, that's actually... That actually, like, even in the real world, you know? Yeah, I'm telling Think you about it. Where is um, Dolph from? Is he... He's definitely not Russian. He's definitely not Russian. No, no. Is he like, he's like German or something. Is he, he German? Dolph Lundgren. There's no way he's Russian. Where's he from? Dolph Lundgren. He's a big, big man. Sweden. Swedish. Sweden. Yeah. God, he's a big boy. Oh, he is in Creed 2. Okay, so he's not dead. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I really, really wish that they did that. (laughs) That would have been a cool storyline, yeah. Um, Victor Drago, Jesus. Uh, What's that? Andonis? Andonis Creed. Adonis. I'm a huge fan as well that there's like no mention of Creed having like, he's a wife, there's no mention of a kid whatsoever until he gets Creed. Although I think that's in Creed. I think that's part of Creed's oh, that yeah, um, yeah. he's not mentioned uh, beforehand. Um, but yeah, like, so Dr- what is the plot of this film? He just, Drago just rocks up and he's just like, I'm here to kick ass. He's the amateur champion. And then he decides to go pro and he go, comes to America, uh, hence the song. Uh, well, it only happens at the end of the film, doesn't it? Yeah. But he comes to America and he's like, I would like a, an exhibition match with the the man you call Rocky Balboa. <laughs> his wife says his, that. His wife says that, yeah. Drago doesn't talk except for three three word sentences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a robot. He's like he's a he's a he's a machine and he's on roids and all this stuff, you know. Um <clears throat> But not Rocky. Not Rocky. Rocky's totally natty. Yeah, he doesn't give a rest. alone. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Um and then yeah, he, he has he, he sets up a you know, Apollo wants to fight him. Yeah, he's just like, and oh, they, I have to beat him because I lost to Rocky and I need to... Yeah, and, I need he to prove, and he dies. And he dies. He dies in a friendly match. Drago beats the piss out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In his first ever professional fight. Um, and then Rocky goes to Russia for <laughs> Rocky's revenge. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's it's it's quite yeah quite simple plot. I've, I actually found... Because I knew that Apollo died in this film. Mm. Th- I like... I only I only remember how because I remember you said it to me. I was during, like, "Oh, you're gonna during Rocky one. 
And uh, I only remember halfway, or like just as the fight was starting, I was like, oh, Apollo dies. Because yeah. <laughs> remember, like, I think last episode, you're like, I really like Apollo. I was like, oh, buddy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh buddy, he, he ain't going to last long. Yeah. Um, I really like Apollo, though. And like, I did. I felt more sadness that Apollo <laughs> died than when Mickey died. <laughs> Fuck Mick, man. Fuck Mick. Apollo, he's the, he's the king. Yeah, who cares about Mick? Mick got killed by Mr. T. Uh, like Apollo died at the hands of uh, communism. I can't believe that. Like, if I was Polly, I'd be getting out of here. Like, here, bro, the amount of people that die around you are a box, and I'm not dealing with this. It's two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm not even involved in any of this <laughs> stuff anymore. I'm just gonna dip. Um, yeah, it, it is a susp- like both of them realistically should have been tried, you know, for mm-hmm. manslaughter. But obviously, you know. Well, yeah, it's it's hilarious that they they both just they both just die in the, <laughs> in the ring or near the ring, <laughs> <laughs> and nothing happens. It's just Rocky's revenge, uh, both times. But yeah, no, it's 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 funny. The whole kind of Cold War aspect is very funny as well. Mm. Um, I love the bit at the end where obviously uh, Drago and Rocky have their big fight, and Drago fucking destroys Rocky for the first five minutes, and then it's very even, and then the tide turns and whatever. And the people get behind Rocky. Yes, and the pe- the yeah yeah the people of the USSR join forces. Even, even Drago himself at the final round, he's like, until the end. Yeah yeah. <laughs> he's like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they begins the the crowd changes sides pretty much and begins supporting Rocky. Rocky wins, of course, and uh, you have like the fucking leader of the Soviet Union. <laughs> Stands up and starts applaud. They all like the fuck the Politburo stand up and start applauding Rocky. After <laughs> Rocky's amazing speech. Yeah, he, he like changes. He uh, he heals. All, he just he basically ends the Cold War before <laughs> it actually ends in real if life. I came out here and you people hated me and I hated you, but something happened in the ring where you started to love me and I started to love you. And you know what? If I can change, if you can change, then everyone can change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's like Stalin's ghost, and like his force ghost in the background. It's like Star Wars. You know what? This is a load of bollocks. Fair you know? play, Rocky. <laughs> Fair play, Rocky. Fair play, Rocky. You boxed well. <laughs> I like. I'm. A, I'm also a huge fan of like the um, the like level of boxing does not improve whatsoever in these films. No, no. Apollo is da- is like jumping up and down yeah. when he gets killed in that fight. Yeah. yeah. Like, he gets hit and he's like, f- it's like professional wrestling. Like, he's yeah, getting hit yeah, and he's yeah. flying backwards and stuff like that. Like, Rocky bounces off those rings, off those ropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so cartoonish. But it's good to watch. It's, it's good, good fun. fun. I, pr- I prefer, I'd say I did prefer this to Rocky Tree. But Rocky Three still isn't bad at all. Ro- like. Rocky Three is not bad now, but it's a bit, it's kind of the whiplash from the second film. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, uh, the, the the stakes are a lot higher in this one. Uh, yeah, well, the world's at stake. The world is literally <laughs> the the West capitalism is yeah. at stake in this. Um, whereas in the third, it's it's more like kind of uh, the gimmick of Mister T. But then at the time, it wasn't even really a gimmick. As, a as, gimmick. as we talked about, he's it was his first movie, really mm-hmm. his first real movie, um, which is kind of impressive. But I thought I preferred this one. I thought it was very good. Good crack. Good crack. You know, it's a, like the evolution from serious Rocky into like silly Rocky. It's like, uh, it was a lot like, it's still, it's really jarring. But the at the same time, you, d- you don't really feel it when you're watching the film. No, I think as well, like, because, I think because Rocky 3 switches in a way, like, I think with the the dialogue and stuff that gets really cheesy mm. in the third film. But like everything else is like fairly... Like the state, like if the dialogue wasn't as cheesy, 
the plot w- the plot's not cheesy really well, except for Mickey time <laughs> but having said that Adrian did go into a coma in the second film yeah, so true, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, like this film just like goes goes ham goes ham especially mm. with the music the music is really what does it uh, the montages yeah. and the montages and like there is a I love the, I think there's a montage of um, Rocky and Drago training and I just took down a note and I was just like, Rocky is training by climbing mountains and outrunning KGB spies. Yeah. That is yeah. how he trains for this fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's just running around. And it's just like, like Drago's just like just like injecting steroids just like directly into his shoulder. And like going mental. And Rocky's there running around. He's just a working class guy. He's just in Russia this time. It's really good. Um That's even one note that I took down because it's like, oh the the pride of America in Apollo and that entrance and stuff like that. Mm. That is pure, like, American uh, boastfulness, you know? Pure, like, flamboyancy, pure uh, bravado and stuff like that Uh gets nuked. Um, But the humble, working-class Americanism of Rocky, that's where you succeed. The humbleness of Rocky. Yeah, the humbleness (laughs) of Rocky. The humility of Sylvester Sloan. No, (laughs) it wins over in the end. We can all learn something about humility (laughs) from this film particularly. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is is good crack, though. It is, because it it pays off. It does. It it lands, it it, it sticks to landing very, very well. So if, if Jason Bourne was in fucking one of the Fast and Furious movies, you know, you wouldn't <laughs> expect that to work. Yeah. But it's like, this is the same kind of thing. Yeah, if Jason Bourne turned into a Fast and Furious film. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the same kind of thing, but it actually, it just works somehow. So, yeah, somehow. Somehow it does work. So, so we got... Respect. We got Rocky Five and Rocky Balboa left. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rocky okay. Five is not meant to be good. Yeah. Rocky it, V. It's a street fight, I think. It's a street fight? Yeah. How does he go back to... It's like, how does he go back to street back fight? Back to the streets. <laughs> Uh, we're going back to the streets, Paulie. I wonder if it's like an... I'm going to fight you. I guess this fight was already unsanctioned, so it wasn't for the world title. But like, I, yeah, I don't know where we're going in the fifth one. I, I literally don't know a single thing about the fifth one. Yeah. Except for that it is meant to be the worst one. But then Rocky Four, Rocky Balboa goes right back to the That's social drama. And it's yeah. just meant to be good again. Yeah, I've heard that. You know. Which is... It has a speech. Yeah, that great speech. <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to cry over that. So iconic, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I think it's so because like, if you look at like any like you know classic franchise, Alien, uh, Texas, no, not Texas Chance is already a classic franchise. Even what are other like great franchises? Die Hard, um, Terminator, Terminator. Uh, well, Terminator. Would I even count Terminator? I'm talking about like you know. 80s, 90s. Yeah. I guess, yeah. But Terminator had like two, had one film by the time this film was out. Yeah, true, true. Like these films came out like two years after each other, more or less. Mm. And it is amazing how like consistently good that they are. Yeah, yeah, no, they are and good. And by the end of it, like, you know, Rocky Babo is meant to be good. So that's five out of six films that mm. are meant to be good. Yeah. There's no other franchise I could think of that could it, do that. It is a really high hit rate, yeah, to be fair. Um, like, yeah, it does make sense. The fact he's still going. I wonder if it's just because Stallone. Stallone just knows what he's doing. Or I don't d- know. Or knew what he was doing. I don't know if he knows what he's doing anymore. Yeah, he definitely doesn't anymore. You see Expendables 4 got announced? Did it? Yeah. 
<laughs> so somehow I don't think any of the Expendables could even come close to the quality of this film. I remember watching the first, I right, the very first Blu-rays I bought. Yeah. Expendables. Why? And Shaun of the Dead. Why Expendables? I have no idea. I think I was like 13. I was like, oh, that looks like it'd be cool. Like, you know, if it's like really bloody and gory and like, you know, cheesy, campy. It's not. <laughs> it's not really. Yeah, I've... I've uh... Expendables is not very good. I haven't seen... I think Expendables 2 is that. I might be wrong, though. It's gory. Like, more bloody. Okay. Um, yeah, I doubt they're very good, though, in general. I doubt it. Is Rambo meant to be good? <clears throat> Rambo, it, I actually... Funny... Funny fun fact, I actually read the book to Rambo. It's a book. It, there's a it's, it's based on a book. Mad. Yeah. It, the book is quite good. Um and apparently the film's quite good. Actually I don't think I've seen the film. I've I've seen Because the film is very different from the book. Yeah. But the, apparently the film is good. But then he it it turns into like the same as this where he's yeah. he's fighting alongside Al Qaeda in Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> Defeating the Soviets, you know. I think it's a Rambo three or four. Nice. Yeah. I've seen was it 2008 where there was a Rambo movie? 2009? Yeah. They made it like real, real gritty. I watched that one. Mm. And the only reason I watched it is because at the time that film had the most on-screen deaths because there's a bit where Rocky gets into a machine gun turret and there's like a five minute scene of him just like it's just a montage of him just blasting people down for literally like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> is he re- the book is about like a... A war veteran who has PTSD and like it's all about his, like his psychological trauma and he only kills a few people, um, <laughs> like defending himself. But then like the 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 franchise turns is just like, still this, gets this, it. This gore fest, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> real s- humble beginnings. <laughs> Rocky Four. <laughs> yeah, he defeats communism. I think that like every franchise should just. I think like Fast and Furious Four would have been better if they just were like Stone. Can you do this one first? You can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he would, he would, he would do well in that that franchise. He's a bit old. Though, that's the thing. He's like eighty, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Is he? Is he? I think we read it up on this. He's older than. Schwarzenegger. He is old. He's still anyway, fucking huge. He's still, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty big. He hasn't done anything in ages, has he? No, no, no. Fair enough. It's just Expendables, isn't it? Fair enough. Oh, yeah. actually, oh, I said he hasn't done anything in ages. He's doing Expendables 4. They're doing the thing as well where it's Expendaforables, where the 4 okay. is the A. That was pretty his idea, was it? Yeah, I mean, he hey saw... Guys. He saw, he saw those uh, posters from the mid-2000s and 2010s. He's like... I'm gonna make, I'm gonna modernize Expendables. He's just gotten around to watching those kinds of films. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's oh. a crazy new trend in Hollywood. They put the number as a letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, respect to Stallone. Big respect. Respect to him. He knows how to make a bombastic, explosive film. Mm-hmm. But Mark, does he know how to make an explosion that could <laughs> blow up a pipeline? <laughs> Segways, uh, that's what I'm on the Segway. <laughs> Honestly, this maybe he. I'd, I'd say he could. I'd say he could. Uh, but yeah, so I watched a film called Head Blow Up a Pipeline, uh, which is actually still out in cinemas, I believe. Oh, okay, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, it's still out. It was in cinemas very recently, if not. Um, and it's on. What's it on? I watched it. I don't think it's on anything at the moment, but I watched it on. Uh, you watched it on the Dodge Box. The cinema. The cinema. On, I watched, on the cinema. I watched it in cinema, <laughs> and it was. It's a. Uh, yeah, no, it's based on a book, a Verso book. Uh, so Verso, Verso is like this like left-wing, like, you know, Verso, like like mm-hmm. publishing house. Yep. And they publish all these weird, you know, 
esoteric works and then like all kind of like theory books mainly philosophy and historical stuff and this guy wrote a book i actually can't i don't remember his name i don't think he'll care but anyway this guy wrote a book called how to blow up a pipeline um and it's it's not a story really Mm -hmm. it's just it's a it's a, a book about the environment about ecology about the environmentalist movement uh, and like a kind of a criticism of like non-violence as the kind of uh forte yeah because it's kind of the main kind of like ideology within that movement uh the book doesn't actually actually tell you how to blow a pipeline because that would be illegal but just t- it's like kind of why why you should it's a justification for like why something like that might be um you know why so i don't know more forceful action would be better than just kind of like sitting around and like uh, doing like sit-ins, and you know, sitting in the middle of the road. Yeah, or like I don't know, walking through pennies and like uh, throwing paint on clothes. Yeah, protesting like stuff like that, like blow- blowing up or damaging infrastructure would have like material, like clear material effects. Yeah, um, as opposed to the way things are doing or the way things are happening right now. But yeah, so- somehow it got made into a film. Yeah, I thought that was really bad. weird. I thought, I thought that was yeah, I thought that was very strange when I first heard. Uh, someone I know went to go see the film, and he was saying to me, "I was like, I was like, because I'd I'd heard of the book, I hadn't I hadn't read it or anything, but I'd heard of it, and then I had no idea it was being made into a film. Mm. Um, but I just I didn't think that something like that could w- be turned into yeah, a film. Whatever made into a film, but also could ever be turned into a film. Like just the, the like the name itself, Head of Love Pipeline, seems kind of uh, like it's gray area, kind of getting into incitement to violence. Um." Which is obviously extremely illegal, and there, there was like a huge uh, response from the kind of regulatory bodies in the U.S., which control or like kind of oversee um, kind of energy infrastructure and stuff like that. Like they had everyone on high alert when the film came out, even though it's a very small independent film that wasn't didn't get like a huge, massive, wide release. Uh, I think it didn't get too much attention, but it is. Um, it was. You know, it is kind of a dangerous film in that kind of way. Yeah. Just because it does seem to basically, like, promote... Is this a documentary the, or is it a film? That's the thing. So, yeah. the, so the book is is a, the book is non-fiction. The mm-hmm. book is just talking about history, current events, uh, philosophy, ideology, things like that, politics. This film is nothing to do with that. The film has nothing to do with the book. Mm-hmm. It's based loosely on the ideas from the book. Oh, okay, and yeah. And it uses... It, it kind of expresses the ideas through a story uh, where you have... <clears throat> I think it's like six people um, who are interested in... There are six environmentalists who basically work together, come together to blow up a pipeline mm. in Texas. Um, and it's it's done in the style of a thriller, like like a like a proper... Like a heist movie? Like, yeah, like, like, yeah, exactly. Like a, like a heist movie. Like you get... The film opens and you get straight into it. Mm-hmm. Like you're literally straight in there and they're starting... Um, like they're all leaving to go to blow up this pipeline, um, and like to assemble the explosives and stuff like that. And over like the next hour, you kind of like get to know the different characters. that's told in in uh, chapters nearly, like who each of them are, and you have like um, it's like people from all all the different colors of the rainbow. You know, it's like you have uh, this like redneck kind of like cowboy guy who's the, the this pipeline Texas being built on his property and is part of his property was seized because of eminent, eminent don- domain and uh he's no interest in like left-wing politics or any kind of extremist politics whatsoever but he's just like m- you know material interested in the fact that you know his 
actual personal interests are affected by the fact mm-hmm. that the pipeline has been built on his land um, and he's very angry about it and then you have like uh, Zochi is like kind of the main character and then uh, Asha I think her name is uh, they're like kind of the two the two main characters like childhood best friends who grew up in a town near an oil refinery um, and they're both scarred like physically uh, and mentally scarred by what happened for example Asha, I don't think that's her name actually. But I'm not Earth. Fair her. enough. But anyway, keep so going. One of this, this girls, she she has cancer because of what happened, um, because of like the area she grew up in, um, and it's it's kind of about tying the effects of say of those kinds of things like pipelines, chemical plants, um, the things that create climate change and the things that um, are kind of damaging the environment. How they actually have real world. Um, tangible effects right now. It's not just a case of like, oh, if we don't do this in fifty years' time, yeah, uh, you know, your gaff might be underwater. Which is very abstract. It's very hard to kind of care. Yeah, hard to relate to that. Yeah, very hard to like. No one really, no one looks that far down the line because you can't even imagine it. Yeah, no one can imagine that, and it's like, ah, oh, we'll probably fix that. It's like, but it, obviously, these things have huge. There, are, there are huge things happening right now, um, which maybe we don't consider as part of, um environmental destruction or climate change but which obviously are for example they talk about the pakistan floods at the start of the film and um, you hear it on the radio it's millions of people uh displaced thousands dead tens of thousands dead all that stuff it's all directly because of climate change never really that, that fact is never really talked about when it's covered mm-hmm. um and then you have flint and stuff like that flint michigan yeah uh the recent trail der- or train derailment in the u.s as well there's loads of examples uh, but basically all the backstories are about telling us telling the viewer how these people became interested in the whole idea um and why they're acting now rather than you know just kind of like sitting around and being like let's not you know w- why it's better to act um in not like in a violent way pretty yeah. much because that's the thing that's why the film is kind of weird it's kind of strange to see a film which basically advocates terrorism not in the sense it's like you should all do, you should all go out and do this but in the sense, it just, it just, the characters, the main characters in the film blow up an oil pipeline. Um, but there's zero judgment whatsoever. There's near, there's nothing, like they're the there's good guys. There's no judgment on yeah, their yeah, actions, they're, yeah. They're, yeah, they're the good guys. And the people trying to stop them are the bad guys. And the oil company's the bad guys. Don't really touch on any of that stuff. Like yeah. the, the other actors. It's all about these characters and how they've been fucked over and how angry they are um, and how they're going to like pull off this heist. Um, at the same time, it's not a terribly ideological film. Yeah, you know they're not like, you know, we're looking towards some crazy like utopia in the future. We're going to take down uh, all these energy companies, destroy capitalism. It is just a heist film, which happens to kind of be politically relevant. Yeah, environmentally mm-hmm. relevant. It's very good. I won't spoil a lot of the film because there are. It is a heist film. It has like twists. Mm-hmm. Um, is I one of the Marat? <laughs> Ah uh, yeah yes, but not in the way <laughs> not in the way you think, not in the way you think, um, which is why I, was, I thought it was a good twist. It's not some crazy twist, but it's like that's quite clever. Yeah, like, it's a good heist film. It's a good thriller. Um, at the same time, it is is it's like actually relevant to the world. That's yeah. quite it's provocative. Um, it's not like a now you see me kind of thing. Where it's like this was a fucking waste of time. Don't look up. Or don't look up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's actually a really good example. Yeah, don't look up, which wanted to be really relevant, and 
kind of like hit on all the like trendy kind of talking points and stuff like that. That film was so bad. But yeah, it kind of it just ended up being just like just impotent. Complete naff. Yeah, it was totally irrelevant. Totally irrelevant. It didn't. It was just like people patting themselves on the back about being right without actually doing anything really. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't a film that how to blow a pipeline isn't a film that pretends to be doing anything. Um, more so, it's just telling a story which it presents, where it presents the 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 main characters are presented as being right, um, in a way that is like very incompatible with kind of how they would be covered in real life, yeah. in the media and stuff like that. And uh, what was very interesting, good good film, good exciting film. film, yeah, I would recommend people watch it. Yeah, uh, I think I might give this a go and also get the book. Yeah, yeah, I get the book it on is. Audible. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Yeah, good it's old, good. Good old Amazon providing me some anti-capitalist propaganda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it is. Because, yeah, usually these films are just a bit of a slog. Mm-hmm. They're kind of very, like, very on the nose. This isn't on the nose at all. Yeah. There's no... It's just really... It's a really well-done heist film. There's no theory. Or you don't need to like know anything, really. You can just relate. You can, you can just watch the film and yeah. be excited by it. Um, you know? How to Blow a Pipeline. That was very good. Yeah. Good crack. It's only an hour and a half as well. Well worth the watch. That's well worth the watch. Very nice. You know? That is very nice. Yeah. Interesting. If you can find it, have a look. Uh, I feel like I should have gone to see it in cinemas, but it's the kind of film where I feel like they don't care that I didn't go Yeah, they're like, to see it. They're like, on, you, you find some way to see it. You know? Watch this film however you want. Find some way to see it. Yeah. Normally, I would switch to me now. Oh, yeah. But no. because of what you're talking about. They're kind of relevant. Is that yeah, why yeah. you watch Ted K as well? No. I, so, first of all, I watched Ted K. So, the Unabomber died over the weekend. Oh, shit. Yes. I didn't know that. He's dead, man. No He's way. He's dead. So, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, uh, passed away on Saturday. So, on the 10th of June. He died. Uh, he committed suicide in prison. Damn. You know. Uh, so, he was 81. Quite an old guy. Damn, that is old. Uh, he got caught in like 95, 96, something like that. So he'd been in prison for quite a long time. And he was kind of depressed. Quite, tried to commit suicide before all this jazz. Um, so yeah, he passed away over the weekend. And it was kind of a big... It wasn't a big thing. But I was like, interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. And I remember Ted K, this film, Ted K. We talked about the trailer for mm. this or something ages ago. Yeah, we briefly talked about it. And we were both like, oh, we're going to watch this. But never did. Just never did. Our yeah. normal, our normal thing that we do, <laughs> like party. If you're listening, we will eventually get to those films that you recommend that we yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah. We will eventually. Eventually, once you dig out what they're calling. We only watched Black Messiah. Like, one of us only watched Black Messiah this year after yeah. it being in our first episode. <laughs> the first episode. Yeah, it's three years later. Um, but no, yeah, Ted K. I remember being like, oh, I really want to watch this. It looks like it's going to be well done. Uh, it's, it's just never. It never came out here, really. And it yeah, wasn't really. It's, well, it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. That's yeah. the thing. That if I, if it wasn't on Amazon, I don't think I, I would have watched it even um, last night. Uh, but it turns out it's on Amazon, and I was like, kind of in the mood for for something like that, uh, just to go into the story, like the whole the lore behind Ted Kaczynski, uh, because there's a lot I don't know. There's a lot I really don't know. Oh yeah, jeez. You know, especially something like that. Like yeah. So it stars Charlotte Copley. The chap from District I'm Nine. That you're able to pronounce that name. Charlotte Copley. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah. But he he's a guy from uh, he's the South African guy from District Nine. District Nine. District Nine and uh, Chappie and all that jazz. And this 
he plays Tegas in this Chappie. film. He's great. Yeah, he is. Great actor. Great actor. Um, and what I kind of... So the film basically just tells the story of the Unabomber. Like the Unabomber. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily about Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. You know, so it starts with um, him living in the woods. Like it starts with that. And then it's kind of like how he comes to rationalize the idea of sending bombs and whatever through the mail to target technology and like airlines and universities and stuff like that. Um, all the way through to the end of his story. Um, and it's told th- uh, through quotations, a lot of it through kind of uh, narrative or over voiceover and quotations of his manifesto, mm-hmm. uh, Industrial Society and its Future. It goes through over like, and his journals as well. Uh, talks us through kind of the the process of his thought process of how he wanted to write the manifesto, uh, what goes into it, the different aspects of it. Um, and that sense is really good, but I was kind of disappointed how it doesn't t- touch on like anything before that at all. Yeah. You know? Because there is a lot he, before that. Isn't he someone that was like, maybe there was some MK Ultra stuff going on there? There was. No, he yeah. was. He, he it, was. It's a document of fact he yeah. was an MK Ultra, yeah. Yeah. He was a victim of MK Ultra, uh, which basically coincided with him dropping out of society entirely and going to live in the woods. Yeah. Which seems like a bit of an oversight not to address that at all. Because they do address the fact that he was this mathematical genius and that he lectured at Harvard um, with a, literally just like a, a title card at the start of the film. They're like, this guy... like takes they don't, So they mentioned that, but they don't mention MKUltra whatsoever. They don't mention anything that happened in between him dropping out and the start of the film which oh, is him wow. which is uh, it's a bit of an oversight but I understand why they did that just in the sense that because that's a whole kind of worms of, like once you open yeah. that it's like fuck we gotta explain a lot of that then yeah 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 also, um, just very briefly because I'm, op- I'm opening up a new can there you go lovely but yeah so it just it doesn't go into any of the conspiracy so- stuff or the uh, anything esoteric anything too esoteric oh man that is nice <laughs> some IPAs here hopping on session IPA how junction job do you nice session IPA it's, a, it's, it's got a picture of a dart with New York on the top of it nice <laughs> love it so you were saying <laughs> um, yeah no Ted Kaczynski it doesn't get into anything crazy esoteric any conspiracy theories um, it actually kind of withdraws quite a bit um, is it like super realistic like you know, like it, it, oh, so sorry. Another question: Is he the only person in this film? Like, is this one of those type of dramas? No, no. He, like, oh, yeah. like it, th- yeah. The thing is, like, he didn't just live in that cabin, like, kind of like a wild man. Like, he went into town, stuff like that, mm-hmm. and he had jobs, like, kind of menial jobs, where because like, he needed to make money to buy stuff, uh, like the ingredients for his bombs. Fair it's, it's like a big kind of subplot in the film. He needs money to buy material for the bombs. And he has to beg his brother. Um, I'd like uh, Charlotte Copley was a really good impression of him as well. Um, the entire film, and it's it's it it kind of it draws inward in the sense that like this is it's a film about a guy who's like st- who's in the middle of nowhere who is like kind of a uh, misanthropic. Yeah. He hates people. He hates society. He hates industry, technology, industrial revolution, all that shit. Uh, so he lives. He isolates himself. Lives on his own as a hermit in the woods. Um, the film doesn't really go into or like really attempt to even talk about like what that might say. Um, about the wider, you know, scope of things. Yeah. Like, kind of what he was talking about in the manifesto. Because, like, maybe that is illegal to kind of <laughs> try to justify what he said in the manifesto. 
Um, especially, like, especially the. I think it's going to be hard to justify the Unabomber. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it, it basically it, it what withdraws in, in terms of its subject matter and how it tells the story as well, because it is just about him. It's not yeah. about what he believed in, or it's about what he did. Yeah, even about what he did, like nothing is shown about the bombings really. Oh, really? You just kind of see, you see the newspapers. Uh, you see the reports, TV, stuff like that. It's, it's very, yeah. very focused on this one guy. And it's a very focused on like his mental state. Yeah, his, yeah. N- his neuroticism, his mental state. Apparently he had schizophrenia. I don't, I don't think, I'm not sure if that's true. It's kind of hinted at in the film, but again, it doesn't, like it's not clear in real life. So I don't think the film wanted to commit to it too much. Uh, but yeah, it's very focused on his mental state. Maybe the tra- paranoia. And stuff yeah, like that. Trying to explain why he went out to the woods rather than trying to kind of or may uh, yeah kind of like trying to find a an internal subjective reason for why he hated everyone else around him and uh, like industry and society and stuff like that like if you're out in the woods playing a flyover he get like irrationally mad mm. which is true like he wrote about that in his manifesto and uh, but that we're kind of led to believe like that's that's the reason that he just hates um all of uh, technology, yeah, all technology, which which is uh, like a fair point, but it's not what he mentioned. It's not what he says in the manifesto. He has like f- like philosophical kind of points. He has like a whole belief system which he goes into. Yeah, which again, I don't think the film could have got away with trying to justify or explain that properly mm-hmm. without. Um, again, so it's one of those films. Kind of, it it, it does. It isn't explicitly kind of uh, like you, if you, if you have a film about a serial killer. Mm-hmm. It's like he's the bad guy, or whatever, or like, like you, you, it's you don't really get the sense that he's the villain in the film. It's more like yeah. he's, kind of a, he's like a, a sad. It's a more of a tragedy than it's like the like Joker, that. man. It's the Joker. <laughs> it's like, oh man, society, man, society's this, fucked. This is so me. Yeah, yeah. It's, you don't see he's not the because it, it, the film is about him, so he can't really be the villain. But it's more like about a tragedy of like a really sad, um, lonely individual. Who also is like a big incel, apparently. Mm. I didn't know that at all. Apparently, he's a huge incel. I can't um, he hated women, and like he was like kind of socially inept because of he skipped so many levels through school because he was like a genius or whatever. Um, Man never got puss. Yeah, apparently not. Oh, I'd say in jail he did. I say he got plenty of puss. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of fanboys. I fan girls. What I say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fans, but. Um, yeah, no, so the film is, it's really well done. And I respect the fact that it doesn't really, like, it doesn't commit to, like, any side of what you'd imagine. It's, it is very kind of, like, straight to the point, which is I think is the only way you can go with with, uh, with that kind of subject matter. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't really, at the same time, it doesn't, it doesn't veer too much into anything about the environment. Mm-hmm. For example, like I, I decided to watch Hellboy Pipeline after watching Take Care. Oh, okay. Um, like it's, uh, the stuff that is talked about in the latter film, like Hellboy Pipeline, is only kind of hinted at in Take Care. In Take Care, right? Yeah. Where like there's nothing really like you, you, you get quotations from the manifesto where he talks about industrial society and stuff like that, technology, and the effects that it has, um, which is all really like like they're not original points, but they do make sense, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, but the main kind of the way it's into that in the film is just kind of an imagery and stuff like that. You get like you know st- st- these huge steel tractors, uh, like like kind of marching over the land, like the really high frame rate. Like the yeah. way it's directed is 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 quite cool. Like it looks kind of like a 
kind of horror film esque. That's cool. When there's uh, <clears throat> machines running through the forest, um, which I, I feel like was the point. Was yeah, definitely. Kind of show like the alien invasion happening in nature or whatever. Uh, it's but like the Avatar. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it was real. Uh, but the rest of the film is very straight to the point. But I think it's really well done. It's good thriller. It's good. Uh, it's just a good kind of like a uh, biopic. Yeah. Of, of a uh, of a, a violent extremist. That's mad. Yeah. Two interesting films there, Mark. Two inter- two thematically connected films. Yeah, very the idea. Very Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they're both good. They're both well worth the watch. Yeah, I think they're both on Amazon as well. I think so. Or no, Headblow Head Pipeline isn't yet. Yeah, I think it's coming to Amazon. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I've seen something like that. Mm. Uh, but Ted K has been on my watch list since yeah. we started talking no, about it's, it. It's it's worth um, the watch. Just it's, it's again, it's very short as well. It's like an hour and a half. Oh, in my head it was like two hours long, so I've been like... Uh. No, I think it's an hour and a half. It's oh, hour. okay. That changes it then. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That does sure. change things. Changes things drastically. Yes. Yeah, so... Um, talking about people in prison. Is that the segment I'm going to go with? Yeah, we'll go with that one. Uh, I watched <laughs> Brawl in Cell Block 99. Um, this is a Vince Vaughn film uh, directed by... S. Greg Zahler? Zahler? Yeah, probably, yeah. I don't remember that's that name. S. Who is S at the start? Of what a pretentious fuck. Yeah. Like, who do you think you are having a, f- having a letter? An initial at the start of your name. Yeah, what does the S stand for? Stephen? Why can't you be Stephen Craig? <laughs> <laughs> Steve Zahler. Steve Zahler. <laughs> that's a better name. Steve Zahler. What's wrong with that? Anyway. Steve. Steve Zahler. Um, the only reason why I have the director's name down is because people might know him from uh, Bone Tomahawk, and more explicitly that uh, awful, awful um, scalping and splitting in half scene that went around on Twitter for a while. Splitting in half scene. Yeah, that says it all. It's so awful. Oh, my God. That is the worst thing I've ever seen. And they stick his balls in his mouth and they split them in half. What awful. Absolutely awful. Um, so I was, uh, like, I've had this film on my watch list for ages because I heard like it has really good action scenes in it um, but then when I watched that clip of Bone Tomahawk I was like oh, I don't know if I want to watch this because it's yeah. like prison fights are so fucking gritty mm. you know and it's but like, you love gore as well I do love gore but there's like there's a line there's a line and there's like um, there's like a squeamishness that I and I don't watch Terrifier too, but there's something I don't know there's something like prison violence explicitly mm. that like you know it's like dirty shanks and stuff like that that like and it's real and it's it real actually happens. like that's the thing as well there's like a realism to prison violence that like gets to me um yeah those Colombian prisons man they're what man fucking, you don't want to be in there like what is that thing that, I remember fucking seeing a clip of like world's tough like hardest prisoner. And he was just this mental dude that was like, um, the new men come in, they become my wife, they are now a woman. And I think it was Ross Kemp or something was interviewing him. And it's he's always just, Ross Kemp. I think it, I, I, it's always <laughs> this guy from Coronation <laughs> Street. <laughs> I think it, was, it might have been Ross Kemp. I'm, I'm going to place money that it was Ross Kemp. And Ross Kemp was like, so are you a homosexual? And he's like, no, I kill homosexuals. And he's like, but you have sex with men. And he's like, I don't have sex with men, I have sex with women. Mm. And I was like, what? <laughs> It's like, they are men before they come into prison. After that, they become women. I was like, 
dude is tr- transitioning people without their consent. <laughs> and he's one of the nicer guys in those prisons. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he, he no, no, he was he was the like the enforcer. He was the no, he was the like the leader. The don. The don. Yeah. And would have prison wives. Prison wives. Who did not consent? Some of the videos come out of there. Fuck that. Fuck all that. Football. Their their idea of football is not right. No. It's not right at all. Uh Cell Block ninety nine is not uh, <laughs> as gritty as that. Um it's actually so like the this is like a real like grindhouse film in terms of like it's a B movie action film with like gore and like special effects and stuff like that. It's not like, you know, unbearable gore. There's a bit where Vince Vaughn is so fucking big. This is the film that made me realize, like, Vince Vaughn is fucking huge. He's like 6'4", is he? He's so fucking big. And because of the reason, he's so believable when he, like, beats the fuck out of people. Mm. Um, Like, there's a bit where, like, he stomps, he beats the piss out of this dude, and he stomps on their heads, and then there's, like, three people in front of him, and he's telling the people, like, uh, give me the phone or whatever the fuck he's asking them to do. And they refuse. So he slides the dude's face up off the ground and lifts up his head. And, like, the f- the layer of skin and flesh from his face is gone. And it's just, like, bone. And it's like, Ugh. that's fucking gruesome. But because the special effects aren't super realistic. Yeah. yeah. Like, I always think with Bone Tomahawk... That scene is is especially horrible because it's in the dark mm. and a lot of the special effects are hidden by the darkness. This is fairly open, like in the bright, so you can you can see it. Mm. And it's not the worst. Um like it's still brutal, but when he lifts up the head, like you know, like that's not a human face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um like you can it's, it looks kinda plasticky. Um but like that I think that's a good thing. I think that's like that's in line with the the stylistic choices of the film. It doesn't need to be, you know, raid two of violence and mm. stuff like that. Like, um, even in terms of like action, it's like, like the action scenes in this are amazing. They're good. Like they're not amazing, but they're good. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, what happened? What's the plot? So the plot is uh, Vince Vaughn works in a mechanic or something like that, and he's let go. They're like, we we can't keep you on anymore, and he's just like, no bother. And he goes home to his wife, and um, she's she's not pregnant yet. She gets pregnant, but not yet. And um, I think she's like cheated on him or something like that. And he's like real calm about the whole situation, like. It's the chillest dude. You're like the chillest dude that will beat the piss out of you in a minute mm. if you really ask for it. You've ever fucking seen. And he's just like, okay, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna start selling drugs, and you're gonna get a job, and we're gonna be okay. And you're never gonna cheat me again. And she's just like, okay. We fast forward like four years. He's like gone up. He's like the best enforcer for this like drug lord dude. Mm. And um, he is, the drug lord is expanding to work with the Mexican cartel. Mm. And the Mexican cartel send up two dudes to go get drugs with Vince Vaughn. Things go wrong. <clears throat> and uh, there's a shootout. 
and uh, Vince Vaughn isn't anywhere near it and he can easily just walk away uh, but he's just like those cops don't deserve to die which is a bit of a weird take from this film but whatever <laughs> and uh, Vince Vaughn kills the cartel members and then is sent to prison and then the cartel kidnap his wife who is now pregnant and they're like if you don't go to uh, you need to kill this dude in prison yeah um we don't know where he is. You need to kill this dude in prison or we're going to uh, give your wife an abortion and then kill her. Jesus. Um, And then he's just like, okay, right. And he starts asking her in jail and he finds out that... The it's like, okay, right. okay, fine. I got no choice. Fair enough. And he's already, he's, he's already like in Mac. He's, so the re, how he does it is he's in like, you know, he's in, you know, uh, gen pop and then he beats the fuck out of a guard mm. to get sent into... Uh, maximum uh, security mm. and when he's there he realizes that the dude that he's looking for is actually in the third layer of prison cell block 99 uh, a place where people go in nobody comes out right. um, so then he has to beat the fuck out of more people and get sent to cell block 99 which is basically the worst prison ever like he sent he's Brought into a cell, there's broken glass on the floor, and there's a bed with no matches or anything on it. And it's like, there you go, this is it for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, and the prison guards, he has like a belt on him that like the guards will like electrocute him with, and it's like every time that you you do anything wrong, we're gonna electrocute you. And it's just basically he fights his way out and like you know works his way to get out to a position where he's not gonna escape the prison, mm. but he's gonna get the job done or at least you know save his wife. Mm. Um, it's a weird fucking movie because like the character I don't know how much you're meant to really root for him like he's not he seems like a bit of an idiot he's an idiot and he's also like he's like he's a real like redneck yeah Um, like he's I, I think the idea behind is like he's meant to be like this like noble rough redneck but like everything that he does makes the situation worse for everyone around him so in that way like it's not it's never like uh, glamorizing what he does but it's also like vaguely racist (laughs) like you got the Mexican cartel Mm. you have um, the there's a like explicitly a Korean doctor that will come in to pre- to do the abortion, and that Korean doctor is really upset when he can't do the abortion. Why is he Korean? I have no no answer for he's you. Just, he's just Korean. He's just a Korean. Okay. Well, maybe so he's the just most, Korean. So the most evil people in this film are all not white, um, except for one prison guard who's like not the most evil, but he's just kind of a dick. Um, and he gets fucked up by Vince Vaughn. Um, so it's just like that kind of stuff is a bit weird. And they're like kind of well, blue lives. The cartel are pretty evil though. Yeah, I know. But like also the kind of blue lives matter aspect of the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, why, is he, why is he rooting for the cartel? Like you're a drug dealer. I think it's because he's a redneck. So he's got that. He's got that thing. That yeah. thing, I that guess. Thing I, I, I don't know. It's, I don't even like, it's like, I was looking at some reviews and stuff like that. People are like, this film is so ugly. And it's like, 
yeah, but it's a grindhouse film, so like it's meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Like it's meant to look like shit. Everything's grey and like blue and like just not pretty to look at, but like it's a grindhouse film. Like that's that's just it's the vibe. Good, yeah. That's like that's what you're gonna get with. I think um I remember years ago I watched this film called Hobo with a shotgun. Mm. Um which was also like a grindhouse film from like the early 2010s maybe late 2000s mm-hmm. and i remember watching it because on netflix and i was like that sounds cool and i fucking hated it when i was younger because like that was shit like that was the ugliest meanest like just bloody for the sake of blood violence mm. that i've ever seen and i didn't like it and i think that's just kind of grindhouse films as a whole like you're just there to watch violence play out yeah and like this film is good but it's not like amazing i remember like hearing about this film because chris stuckman was like this is one of the best films of the year mm. whenever it came out and it's like chris stuckman really like really <laughs> <laughs> really i think this film's like from like 2016 really is really like you think this is one of the year. best films of the year that was a good year i don't know it's um it's good like it's a three-star film a good three-star film a three-star film yeah like you're gonna remember that you watched it at the very least okay like, you know, 10 years from now, people are like, oh, sell back 99. I'm like, I remember that. Yeah. His yeah. was a big boy in that, and he smashed that dude's face in. It's a couple of, like, it's a lot of, like, arms bending backwards because he just snaps them. Jesus. Yeah. But it's not like the bone popping up, it's just the arm flays back. Yeah, you know? yeah. That, that's somehow worse, though. That is worse. Somehow worse. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I looked it up when I seen it on the on the dock. Um, uh, I was very interested. But it's on, it's on Prime or something, isn't it? It's on one of those. It's on a platform somewhere. Um, you obviously didn't watch it. On, on Maybe it is. <laughs> Maybe it isn't. I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, it's on something anyway. And I was like, oh, this sounds really interesting. I, I, I didn't get time to watch it, but um, I'll stick it on the, the old the old listing, though. The thing that could have killed me was that I heard like the action in this film is really good. It's not. It's not like... And I think as well, like, like Vince Vaughn believably like can beat the shit out of you. Mm. He's not the most agile person. Yeah, he seems very stiff. There's a bit where like he dodges punches, and it's like his his like knees bend and his body go backwards, and like it's just like it's like a stick figure going backwards. It's really it's really weird how he moves, <laughs> and his arms are down by his side. I don't know how he moves like that. <laughs> uh, like it's not the most fluid, yeah. and it doesn't exactly look like the punches are connecting. But like there's other bits where like he's just grabbing someone, and, like snuffing them out. Or like grabbing them and like just slamming them to the ground. You're just like Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it. De- it depends on the action scene. Okay. There's one. There's one shot that I remember people like sharing online. Like this is one of the best action scenes in ages. As they go, it's like a big wide shot of him taking on like three dudes. But it's one of those scenes where like he's taking on three dudes and they all come out, come after him one after another. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's just like. <laughs> yeah. I actually thought that was the weakest action scene in it. Really. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of want to watch it, though. It sounds cool. It is. It's cool, but, like, it's not relevant whatsoever, but, like, watch The Raid. I mean, The, the Raid has, uh, the raid is the one time I've seen a film do a four-on, or, like, a three-on-one fight, and it's believable that that dude escapes that fight. Yeah, Like, yeah. that is just one, I, that is one of the best action scenes I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Raid is so good. Everyone should watch The Raid. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So, sell Black 99. That's all right. Go watch the race. <laughs> <laughs> we go for a quick all break. Right, go for a break.
I went to the cinema for the first time in a good while. Did you? I did. Where'd you go? I went down to Odeon. Ah. The point in Odeon. Um, slightly intoxicated and then continued to get more intoxicated unbeknownst to the uh, <laughs> the staff of Odeon until maybe I left and I may have left a, a 70 sale of Captain Morgan's <laughs> in my seat by accident a 70 sale <laughs> what <laughs> what happened uh, me and Melissa have, we have a lot of fun in the cinema every time we go S- bring in a lot of drink just sit there drinking like sneaking into the cups and just sip away well, I'm telling you, it makes movies a lot better. That is a really good idea. Yeah. It makes movies ten times better. It may have been a slight um, uh, inconvenience, maybe, to watching the new Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Which is out now. Um, out now. That film moves so quickly. And, like, especially towards the end of the film, I was like, I am... Um, like it's a very overwhelming film in terms of, like what's going on on screen, like visually and how much is happening, and like just throwing. That's a kind of anime vibe, doesn't it? Oh man, have you seen? I have not seen any of it. Well, have seen... you seen the first one? No, nothing. I haven't seen any of them. I did watch Push and Push in Boots. Push, push in Boots. Push, the new Push in Boots movie. Is that good? It is. It's pretty good. Yeah, it is. It actually is pretty good. It's in the watch list. Um, yeah. But apparently, it's kind of similar animation style. For action sequences. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, I don't know enough about the technical like the, side of animation. The frame rate. Yeah. Goes way up. Yeah. And it's very detailed. They, they, it's very stylized. I think some of the animation is on ones. So, like, when... I know at the very least, like, animating on ones means, like, every frame is animated. Like, every frame is drawn. Mm. So, every, like, 30th of a second is a new frame that yeah. is completely drawn. Yeah. Um, which is... A lot. A lot. Like, you insane person. What the fuck? Um, so, they do stuff like that. Um, uh, okay, right. So, my thing with uh, Into the Spider-Verse, the first film... Um, was when I watched it, and I've seen it like two times since. I've seen that film like three times. The, I, I was like, that is the best in terms of like animation, like the quality of animation. Mm. In fact, maybe, nah, probably is just the best animated film I've ever seen. I sit what? down at this in my seat, like having like you know having enjoyed like really enjoyed uh, like into the spider-verse but not hearing like a lot about across the spider-verse came out of it and was like well that's the best animated film i've ever seen this fucking movie man holy shit like just it's so like it's number one film on Letterboxd at the moment. I've seen that, For yeah, a yeah. fucking reason. I've Fuck seen any of you nerds that are giving this film half star on Letterboxd just to be just to try and drag down the rating. I'm going to do that now after this. This film is fucking amazing. This uh-huh. is one of my... This is going to be my film of the year. There's no fucking way. There's anything else that's going to come out this year. No, there's nothing else that's going to come out this year. I can't think of anything else that's coming out this year. Barbie. Oh, Barbie Oppenheimer. Shit, yeah, my film bro status. My, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my film bro Ryan status. Ryan Gosling, man. Yeah, it has to go up with Barbie. Um, 
no, like Across the Spider Verse is just like it's like legit, like legit mind blowing yeah. in scenes. Um, there's there's a scene where um, there's you know Miles Morales. I'm not going to talk about the plot of this film uh, because I think people should kind of go in blind. Basically, Miles Morales, uh, he's going across the Spider-Verse and there's loads of different Spider-Men like in the first one but now he's you know do you ever watch Rick and Morty? No. Okay so in Rick and Morty there's like the Council of Ricks yeah. and um, where like all the Ricks across all the different dimensions all have a council. Yeah. Uh, Miles Morales goes to that but for Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. Yeah. Um, and there's like different Spider-Men of and Spider-Women and Spider-They-Thems from like It's Spider-Big though. Spider Pig, he was in the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's in the first one. He doesn't come back into it. Um, in fact, I don't think any of the ones, except for Peter Parker. But now you have me thinking that they're going to come into the third one mm. because this film, like I was in my seat, glued to the screen, mm. and I was like, "This film has been going on for a while," and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> oh no!" Like this film is climaxing. And Miles Morales is trapped. Mm. There's no fucking way this film's gonna have an ending that like resolves this. Yeah. Cuts as like see you next year. Really? <laughs> yeah. Ah, very good. And I was like I I the first, like for a moment I sat there and I was like, fuck that. <laughs> and then twenty minutes went by, I was like, nah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I can get over it. Like immediately I was like, fuck that, that's bullshit. I kinda like that I can see yeah. But I'm over it. Like, I got mm. over it very quickly. Yeah. It's been... Because, like, man, I've seen people being pissed about that, but then also rate uh, Infinity War five stars on Letterboxd. I was like, you're a fucking asshole. Infinity War. <laughs> it's part six. Um, Fuck off. Like, the the film ends on a complete cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's okay. The next film is coming out next year, so... A cliff. There's nothing wrong with a cliffhanger. There is nothing wrong with a cliffhanger. There is nothing wrong with it. You know? It's like... Uh, World's End, for example. I mm-hmm. thought that was very good. Yes. By, uh, Captain Jack mm-hmm. and the big fucking Kraken or whatever. No, Dead Man's Chest. Dead Man's Chest, yeah. leading into at World's End, yeah. Um, what else? Dune did it. I thought that was well done. I don't, like, I don't know. People get really annoyed when a film... Even even the way Deadly Hollows Part 1, I, I don't know if it was the relief of the film being over <laughs> or... It's relief but I think over. it's just a fact. I think it's just something nice about a cliffhanger. I, I think. think, though, that people don't really mind that because it's in the title that it's part one. Yeah, well, still, though. I, I, I don't really mind. Like, yeah. I... Like, with Dune, I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, because mm. people... A lot of people are like, oh, okay, I'll rate this higher or lower depending on where the next film goes. That's not how you should watch films. That's <laughs> that's that's silly. Like that's silly. Shrek one is no worse because Shrek two came out. Shrek no Shrek one and two are no worse because Shrek three and four were dog shit. Yeah, well, well, they weren't continue. that bad, but like still, yeah, it doesn't make them worse. Yeah. They don't make them worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the standalone films, even if they do lead directly into each I, other. I guess well that they're like slightly different because, like, the story is not complete. Like the like there is no like conclusion where yeah, like yeah. Shrek 1 and 2 there, there is um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head but like again I don't I, I like I don't really mind like did I enjoy the film that I sat down and watched yes all the way through did it end in a way that was 
uh, not satisfying. Mm. Yes, but that's okay because it's gonna get. I'll be. Sa- my, my, I'll get to bust my load next year, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it even better. Makes it. It's just edging. Some might say. It's edging. <laughs> just edging. Cinematic edging. <laughs> Cinematic edging. <laughs> That's what it's all about. The climax will be all the better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like, just man, like there's there's a scene where like um, there's Miles Morales, there's uh, Gwen, there's um, Indian Spider Man. Can't think of his name. And there's there's uh, punk rock Spider Man, and they're like they're in New Mumbai, which is like New York mixed with India, and there's an alternate universe, and they're fighting uh, Spot who is the villain in this film mm. basically he can just travel throughout the verses the verses mm. and is getting more powerful as he does mm-hmm. and so they're fighting him and they're also trying to like stop a building collapsing on a bridge and like the music the way that it's edited the animation got goosebumps yeah <laughs> got legit goosebumps I was like <laughs> this is sick I was like this is Everything that I that you would want from an animated film. Uh-huh. Um, How much of this was a drink? That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see this now. Though. That is the thing. Well, yeah. at that stage, that's only an hour in. Like I wasn't pissed at that stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> half seventy cl. I mean, Melissa shared the seventy cl. I didn't have the seventy cl <laughs> myself. Well, <laughs> <But>, like <laughs> just hiding it from Melissa. <laughs> You're right there. This, this is Stoke Cold Sober. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing with Avatar too, so <laughs> <laughs> I think like you know, we're like visually spectacular films, they should always be watched with like some some substance within your body. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it better. <laughs> you may pick that substance, but there should be a substance. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> um But no, just like the animation in this film, the colour, like there's there's a scene where like Gwen is like really sad and the scene is all blue, and it's like split down the middle, and there's a close-up of her dad in one of the panels, and uh, it's like this great visual of isolation, like they're visually not in the same panel, and then he's like, they're like having an argument or whatever, and then he's just like, "Um, are you too punk rock to give your dad a hug? And she just snaps into a hug with him, this the panel is now full screen and warm orange spreads throughout the panel. Mm. And it's like, that is just so like perfect, like visual animated storytelling mm. for what's going on. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Like really use, using the medium to tell its story. Mm-hmm. There's like live action characters show up. There's characters in completely like visual different styles, like the punk rock uh, Spider Man has like, like he's got like a Sex Pistols album cover. Yeah, yeah. and he's like all these weird colors. None of it mashes against each other, even though they're completely different styles. Mm. They all like fit together, and mm-hmm. um, even the live action characters do. <laughs> um, it's so weird. It's such a, uh, I just like, it's one of those films. that's like that was like a film you needed to see in cinema. Mm. Uh, it, like it like. If the next Spider-Verse film is good, which I have full confidence that it will be, yeah. this is the greatest trilogy of films ever made. Man, you can't just say that. I'm saying it. You can't say I'm that. I'm saying it. You cannot say that. I'm saying it. I will bar you from saying that. Name a better trilogy. 
You haven't I've even seen this. I've never seen any of them. Name a. I need to. I need. I, I guess Lord of the that. Rings, but like, you know. Yeah, I I need to see them. That's all I'm taking from this. I need to see this. That's sort of trash. Lord of the Rings, right? <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Each one of those films is one third of the story, and no one bitches about the fact that those films don't end in like. You yeah, know. yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no. Um. I definitely need to see this because it's it. There's nothing really out. Is weirdly nothing out. There's been nothing out Isn't for quite it? a while. Yeah. Um, I want to, I, I had an itch to go to the cinema recently, but I just couldn't justify it. Watch Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse is on um, Netflix, so watch that. Yeah. And then go see this. Yeah, on my own. I'll go with you. I'll go see this one again. Yeah, let's do it. This time, I'll be on <laughs> Acid. <laughs> <laughs> A leader, Captain Morgan. A leader itch. of Acid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it sounds it sounds it sounds what I'm looking for. Mm. An authentic cinematic experience, nothing better. It's also great because the cinemas are fucking empty because it's so warm. <laughs> yeah, when, when did you see it? I went to go see it uh, last weekend, not this weekend. We go by the weekend before. Ah, okay, yeah. And like, me and Melissa went for food, and then we went to that, and it was like mid to high twenties. And I was like, I'm actually really glad that we're on heat because I would die. Yeah, legit yeah, yeah. melt. Yeah, it's so hot out. It's so hot out. So it's okay to be nice in a nice, cool cinema room mm-hmm. enjoying this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whew, excuse me. Um, good problem to have. Great problem to have. Great solution to the problem. You know, escape the sun. Yeah, watch enter, a movie. Enter the spider verse. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect arrangement. Definitely. Yeah, well, we'll have to go see that. We'll have to go see that. Hundred percent. Highly recommend. Mark. I feel like we've had a high octane episode. We've we have. talked about things that are exciting. We talked about explosions, blowing up pipelines, Spider Verse, prison, Ted Kaczynski, breathing, breathing, <laughs> Rocky, communism, the Red Wall, everything. Let's take a chill pill. What is our recommended film for this episode? No home movie. Let's scale it back down for a second. Take a breather. Take a breath, everyone. Okay, so our recommended film for this episode, as we mentioned at the start of the episode, is No Home Movie. 2015. 2015, a film by Chantal Ackerman, or Ackerman, whatever. No Home Movie is a documentary about humans dealing with changing technology, the basic concepts of communication, cinema, and Ackerman's mother, a Polish immigrant and survivor of Auschwitz. So... So, <laughs> no home movie. No way home movie. No home movie. That fucking No Way Home kept coming up when I was trying to find this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm not looking for this. Looking <laughs> <laughs> for something slightly different. <laughs> something a little more, slightly more chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this film's kind of hard to find. It's not on, it's on movie, but it's only on like the most bizarre, like obscure countries. It's not movies. even, man. That fucking website lied to me. I just changed my VP. I was hopping. I was globe trotting trying to find this movie <laughs> on movie, and I couldn't get it. Traveled around the world and back for no home movie. That's kind of kind of uh, it's kind of poetic, isn't it? Yes, it is, isn't it? Yeah. In the end, I had to, I had to return home to the pirating sites to be able to find this fucking yes, film. Yes, <laughs> yes. At the end of the day, we we always return to the warm embrace of the there pirate is bay. Legit, no legal way to watch this film. I was 
Mm. I was like, please, like I was, I was trying to sign up to fucking Criterion Channel, trying to fucking watch this film. Criterion don't even let us. They don't let us. I was like, maybe it's on Amazon in some way. No, that you can't buy the DVD either off Amazon. There's like legit no way to get it. Yeah, usually if you look at like stick a, a name, which is weird, cause or it's a, a European title. film, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually stick a title in Google and it'll tell you, oh, it's on this X Y Z, you know, um, and you can watch it there. Sometimes you won't have it, but whatever. This film, you look it up, and it's just nothing. Even if you go watch, you know, the usual tricks, watch whatever online, there's nothing there. Like yeah, It's just nothing. like, you know, those, uh, those like, rating sites are like, you know, when is it not going to be on, like, live TV? Never is the answer for this film. Um, yeah, it's very, very difficult to watch. Very hard, hard to find. Um, because it is an independent kind of... It's not really an art house film. Like it's an art house film, but like there's nothing chat. Like it's not like out there at all. No, it's not. It's not remotely out there. It's it's an art house film. It's just kind of an independent film, which is a bit abstract. It's 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 very very slow. It's very very deliberative. It's very very. There's no. It's the reverse of as we said of everything we talked about so far in the film or in the episode. Sorry, um, it kind of reminds me just purely off vibes. If we if we think back to first cow, mm. remember first cow? I haven't. I still haven't seen that film, but yes, I remember you talking about it. It's a very very slow, deliberative. It's a film that is gonna is just relaxing to watch, which is the best thing about it. Also, the worst thing about the film. Mm. I think the same applies to this film as well. Um, this film is very 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 slow. With the we talked about montages in Rocky earlier, thirty two percent of Rocky Four is montages and then that's before we even count in Lou, I, know, I know where you're going with this Louis Armstrong and all this stuff no home movie I'd say at least 32% of home, no home movie it's just like still shots it's just still shots of like nothing in particular um, which I have to be honest I didn't really understand why they were in there thank you very much um, I have to full disclosure I did not really get why there were so many still shots mm. you know like, I understand the point. <clears throat> As we talked about the synopsis, you know, communication. It's kind of, the thesis is kind of mentioned, stated openly in the first third of the film. The mm-hmm. first, like, 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, when Ackerman is on a Skype call with her mother. And she's explaining to her mother why she's filming her. Um, she's talking about communication, distance. How there's distance in the world, but at the same time. We're also connected. Cause we're, we're also connected. Through Skype. We can talk to Skype. She's in Oklahoma. Her mother is in Brussels, where the family's from. Um, and you can get all that, but I'm not sure what, how that relates to the, the still sequences. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. But yeah, the, the, it's very, very deliberative, meditative, transcendental kind of vibe mm-hmm. to the film. Um, while also being like, we talk about transcendental film, usually it's kind of out there in some way or has some kind of complicated plot. This film doesn't really have a plot at all. It's just her interviewing it's a, her mother. Yeah. See, like, afterwards, I was like, you know, when, like, when I was watching the film, before I watched the film, I was like, no home movie. That's a weird fucking title. Like, what does it that is, mean? It is. And obviously, like, then when I watched the film, I was like, ah, it is not a home movie. Like, it's, you know, where you, like, you have footage like your mom or your dad pulling out the camcorder, recording on your kids. Mm. There's always shots of nothingness at some stages. I don't mm. know about you. My dad always doing it. Mm. You're in the car. 
he just pulls out the camera. He's just shooting the landscape. Yeah, yeah. He's just, just you're just driving the road. He's just taking recording that just to remember that, like, you know, you drove this, you drove down this road, or whatever. You're with your family when you're driving down this road, whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Multiple shots in this film are like just that, um, and then there's shots of just like she just sits down the camera and she has a conversation with her mom. Um, about an hour into the film, I was like, "What else has Chantel Ackerman done?" Because I don't, I don't know the name. And I went onto her, her Wikipedia page, and uh, sadly, she died uh, the year after this film came out. Did she? She died by suicide. Um, the mother also died a few before the film came out. Jesus. Um, I didn't know that. No. So after that, <laughs> after that, I was like, the next like forty minutes was like a lot more poignant. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, uh, Ackerman has done did the film. Oh, it's got that real long name, Jean Ladis. Jean Dielma, twenty-three, Key to Commerce, ten eighty Brussels. Which is yeah, which is just an address. <laughs> that's that's why I can never remember. Which I've never seen, but it's a four-hour film, which is regarded as the most mundane film ever made. And it's also the number one film of the new Sight and Sound top hundred films ever made. Um, and in that film, there's lots of repetition. And like you see how the repetition like breaks down, and this film is a lot like that. This film kind of made me not want to watch John Deleuze because it was like mm. this film was an hour and fifty minutes. I thought it was good. I thought it was very poignant, very poetic. I don't know if I'd be able to stomach that for four hours, mm. but. Uh, I mean, I'm still intrigued to watch the film. I don't know when, if ever, I'll ever watch it. But um, with this film, I kind of found that like the the still shots um, of like landscape, like there's like like the film opens in a four minute shot of a tree blowing in the wind, and it, but this wind is fucking blowing. It's, it's <laughs> a serious wind. It's a serious old gust on this on this uh, poor little tree. Um, and afterwards, I was like, you know, reading reviews and stuff like that, and like trying to, like, you know, figure out like what people kind of thought about this film because this film is really highly regarded, mm-hmm. um, and most of the reasons why people really like this film is because it makes you think about your parents and the lives that they have led le- lived, and like about how. They're from a different time and the sacrifices that they've made for you. So in this film, the mother is a Holocaust survivor. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's specifically mentioned in the film. I don't know if I missed her or not, that she mentions actually being in Auschwitz. She mm. does talk about how like Brussels did, uh, or not Brussels, Belgium as a whole, um, saw the the Jewish population to the yeah. Nazis um, and like how awful that was and from what I can kind of tell um, most of her grandparents did not survive the Holocaust mm. um, so like what her mother went through and then Ackerman talking to the mom about all that type of stuff and like there's very few like conversations in the film but when those are when there are conversations there's usually like scenes afterwards of just like 
quietness and like shots and it makes you really like think about the relationship of Ackerman and the mom because like it is like a home movie like I was reading afterwards that like she cut this two hour film down from 40 hours of footage mm. um so like how many conversations did she cut out you know like she could have filled up this like two hour film with conversations but she chose to show landscape and uh you know modern cities and then all the conversations with the mom are about the past mm. and stuff like that and like you know there's like skype calls and i just had i had flashbacks to lockdown talking into like grandparents and stuff like that on like zoom and stuff like that where you like you're just like how you getting on granddad how are you not known? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, not like you say something and then you're crossing over each other and then you say something again and your grandpa can't, can't hear you. Yeah. And like, just like that type of stuff, like how like, like the, like her mom can use the technology to like, to communicate, but she can't really communicate, especially the, the, there's a second Skype call that's longer than the first one. And Ackerman is like, I have to, uh, I have bills to do. And the mom just completely, I don't know what the fuck the mom heard, but she completely mishears her mm. and answers in a to a completely different question. And then Ackerman's like, no, mom, I have to go. And I was like, you are? I was like, I have to go. No, I can see myself on the screen. It's like, no, mom, I have to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just like how like technology like connects us, but also like the older generations kind of getting like kind of left behind, mm. and like the sacrifices they had to make to get us to here, mm. and how the world is changing. Like that's what I really read from those like long panning shots of the landscapes and stuff like that. Like yeah. the world is changing so rapidly, mm-hmm. um, mostly in a better way. Yeah, for the well, yeah. she's talking about Auschwitz, and then it's just a Skype call, and you're like, you know, Skype calls aren't so bad. Though. It's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good, <laughs> pretty good. Comparison. They were pretty painful, yeah. but could be worse. Could be worse. <laughs> um, but I do, I do know where you're coming from because, like, it is, it is a very slow film. It's very, very slow, um, in a deliberate way, of course. But it is it is very slow, um, <clears throat> and yeah, it is. It's kind of like we're saying it's not an art film, but it's, it is kind of abstract in the way that you kind of you do have to fill in the blanks. Like obviously, forty hours of footage you couldn't have down to two hours. Like, Everything is very deliberate. Yeah, every every conversation is put in there for a reason. But there's also no context. <laughs> yeah, it's very like just just nothing there, you know. Um, you don't really even see Akim. No. Yeah. No, which is n- weird. Yeah, there's always like shots from her, the back of her and stuff like that. Uh huh. It's uh, mainly about her mother. Her mother uh, is the subject of this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's talking about the past and her dad and you know all these random things. Um, yeah, the backstory kind of makes it a bit more kind of like tragic. Yeah, doesn't it? She killed herself. Like I, I, I like s- 2015. The year this movie came out. Yeah, especially when. Towards the end of the film, when the mom is not well, mm. and she's like sitting in the chair, like breathing really heavily, and like there's like there's 
other people I don't know what the relation the other people have like there's other people in the film I've no idea what their relation to yeah the, like the like Sylv- Sylvian and uh, the the old lady who's like related to Sylvian yeah I don't know who, who are they I, th- I think Sylvian is like a friend or something of the older one I, I or her sister or something yeah. I, like, I'm not 100% certain but again like that's kind of I think that's kind of part of it that like it's a home it's it's a home movie but it's it's not our home movie. Mm, it's fragmentary because we're not. We don't have context because we're not. Because we're not part of the family. We don't know who yeah. these people are. But like that's that's the point. Mm-hmm. Um, so to Ackerman and the mother, they know who they are. But use the audience. You don't know. Um, and they're like trying to tell us like breathe properly, and, like relax when you're eating your food, and all this type of stuff. And like there's this, there's like a long scene where the mom is sitting in a chair and Ackerman's like talking to her about like the past and like like talking about like not even like I'm not even like you know grand ideas of the past like she's talking about like oh mom do you remember that that woman who had the dog with the really big breasts <laughs> and yeah. um the mom doesn't really respond and she can't really remember and then the woman, someone else comes over and fills her in and then the mom starts laughing and she you can see her remembering what it was mm. stuff like that um was a lot harder once I read the Wikipedia page and realized that like the mom did die uh, very shortly after the film was finished, mm. um, and Ackerman herself also died very shortly after the film was made. It adds like a real. It adds to the like the sadness of the film. Um, yeah, or the, I don't know. It's like melancholic. Yeah, you know, because these are this this film is, because as well because it's a documentary like these aren't scripted conversations, so like, they are memories that we are watching. Mm. You know, it's kind of like the this whole film, same way the home movies are. They're memories that we're that we're, that we're watching of Ackerman and her mom, and just like you know Ackerman traveling through America and stuff like that. Really, um, really poignant film. Very like poetic and like not a movie. Like this is the most literal. I know if we probably talked about other films, being like, yeah, it's like all these memories. This is li- like literally memories that we are yeah. re- that we are watching. Yeah, there's, there's no like cinematography or anything like that. It's very. It looks like someone's just, you know, it could have been uploaded to YouTube, and you'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's some random person's home movie. Yeah, you know that kind of way. Uh, but obviously, there's kind of context, and there is an art to it, obviously as well. There's an artfulness to uh, it's. Assembly, um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a it's a very it's not it's an anti movie kind of way you know mm. it's, it's not a it's no real plot it's no context given no, at all. There's not there's characters there's one character you know even though there's multiple people. Uh, but yeah, it's very slow. It is a it's a, it's it's a it's a unique unique movie. I'd Certainly, yeah. definitely. I think this is the most unique film that we've recommended mm. that's um, definitely different from all, all the others yeah oh 100% and I don't even know like how how much I would recommend for people to watch this film I also mm. had a fucking mare watching this film because every fucking yeah, this yeah. film took me two nearly three hours to watch it's already fucking slow <laughs> the fucking video kept buffering yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so the way I kind of I kind of want to re-watch it but like not anytime soon Mm. Um and then come back to it after a while and like actually be able to watch it, um, because those slow scenes only went on slower when they were like fucking four times as long as they should have been. He <laughs> 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 was watching a tree blowing in the winds. Stop buffering! Stop buffering, please. <laughs> and at times it was like 
Is this bu- this video like? Yeah, I was like, I was like, am I, is is this buffering or is the film playing? I'd like check, <laughs> like watch if the count was going up. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's very slow, very slow film. Yeah, yeah, and I get it. Like, like there's no plot, so like the film just kind of ends. Mm. Um, yeah, I th- it's a it's a it's a hard film to talk about because it's not really. A film, it is just it is a film, but it's not really a film if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not traditional. It's not very open. No. At the same time, but at like at the same time, you have to. Uh, it invites you. Yes. To interpret it. Yeah, it's art. It's very yeah. It's very. It demands a lot. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, you would stick this on. <laughs> so. This is quite only, a night day off. Let's stick on no home. This movie. is only a film that I that like I would watch because we do a podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't stick this on with the with the mates. You know, this is not one that I would go to the cinema drinking to watch. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, ah, he's there laughing. It's, yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, the dog Whoa! with the tits. Oh god, that's good. <laughs> Just peeling potatoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah go on, Chantal. <laughs> Yeah, it's not one of those films. Um, but I think it's still, like, really good. Um, but I do... I don't exactly recommend it, even though it is one of our recommended films. Yeah, I wouldn't really... Rec- I don't know who I would recommend this to. No. I don't know anyone. No, neither. You know? I don't know who I'd, I... don't know. <laughs> Liam, Liam, you should watch this. Yeah, Liam. I don't know. Liam would be like, this is fucking so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, we leave it at that. We'll leave it there for we'll leave it there. this week. This week. Do you have a recommended film for the next episode? I on? do indeed. Terrific. I have an absolute fucking doozy for us. Let's go. Sound so, a few weeks back, I recommended that we watch um, The Wicker Tree. Mm-hmm. Because it is, you know, sequel to The Wicker Man. And I was looking around, I was looking at like weird sequels that came out. And I came across 2010... The year we make contact. I was like, "Oh shit! What the fuck is this a sequel to? This is a sequel to 2001: A Space Odyssey." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I've heard about. There it. is a. There was a book that because the original 2001 is based on a book, and they had the book had a sequel, and this film is based on the sequel of the book. I don't know if this film is a. This film is an adaptation of the sequel to the book. It is not a sequel to 2001. Yeah, apparently it differs in certain ways. Apparently. So, let's see. Will we enjoy <laughs> 2010, 2010 more than 2001? <laughs> 2010. Will we? What, did you enjoy 2010 more than 2001? I was two years old, and then I was 11. Well, so I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Nothing. Well, we had the crash. Yeah. 2010 wasn't great. You know, I have no living. Nine eleven versus the crash. Hmm. I was eleven years old. Can I? Oh no. Yeah, yeah 11, I was eleven. Yeah. How do I have any memories? I didn't like being twelve. Was I in second class, third class? Maybe it was in third class, fourth class. How old are you when you're in school? <laughs> uh, we were yeah, fifth class and sixth class. Jesus, I think I'm saying actually no, six, six class was pretty good. I actually kind of like six yeah, class. six class was pretty decent. Yeah. Although uh, eleven, I think it was, I think it was fifth class. Yeah. Um. 
I don't know what year I was in. I'm going to be... Uh, I can't remember. Uh, you're fifth. Fifth class? Yeah. Fifth class, things started to look up. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Things started to look up in fifth class. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, this film is a lot more accessible as well because I was... I picked this one. I was like, sick of watching these films that aren't on fucking anything. This film is on... This film is rentable on YouTube. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Perfect. Perfecto. Right. We will leave it at that. We may have a guest on for next episode if all things go well. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We are able to schedule this properly. Hit myself in the face and microphone. <laughs> there might be a delay in the next episode, depending on how the schedule works. Mm-hmm. We will update everyone on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. If there's no delay, we don't have a guest. Yeah. Or, we're, or there is no delay and we might have a guest. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Good night. God bless. Sayonara. Bye.